This might be the most challenging jingle. I don't know. Just have fun. Zach, have fun. No matter what, it's going to be good. The I'm Caroline Kowalczyk, life coach and your host of the On Purposeful podcast. I am beyond thrilled for today's episode because I am talking to someone that I have a very unique and deep relationship with. Her name is Carla Garcia Teruel, and she is an executive coach for social impact leaders around the world. As a coach, Carla brings a unique mix of both a diverse work experience as a leader in large global corporations and social startups, an impact investor, and a board advisor, as well as an education in coaching psychology and a global MBA. Carla is a true global citizen. She was born in Mexico, raised and educated at international schools, and has lived in a total of nine countries across the Americas, Europe, Asia, and Australia. She is passionate about not only empowering others in their growth journey, but also in continuing to grow and develop herself. The reason why I love Carla so much is because she was my coach. I started working with her when I was working in sales in the financial district, and it was the best investment I've ever made in my life. After working with her for about a year, we became friends, and our relationship has blossomed in another deep direction. Shout out to Eliza, my former roommate, who has actually recommended Carla because every time she heard me complain about my day job and not knowing where to start, she kept recommending Carla and that's what brought us together. So Carla, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to learn more about you, dive into what you've been up to and see what happens from there. Thank you, Caroline. I must admit, it seems a little bit surreal to be here in this moment in time, knowing, you know, the conversation we had that first time we met. So yeah, it's such a pleasure and honor. Yes, my heart is so big right now, because if I think about this, the relationship we had when I met you, I was a completely different person. And I know that we'll probably get into this even more, but I just remember telling you that I wanted to do something creative. I wanted to share stories. I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to support people. (laughs) And it really all started with taking that first step in connecting with you. And I just remember after every session being like, wow, I really wish that I did this sooner. But at the same time, being so grateful that I started to begin with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, how did you get to where you are today? Like, how did you become the Carla, the coach, the amazing person that you are? Thanks, Caroline. Well, it all started pretty much since I was little. Now, granted, when one tells a story, right, it makes sense as if everything happens one step at a time and everything was logical, but it wasn't. But looking back, it makes a lot of sense. And so, yes, it started since I was little because even though I'm Mexican, which you mentioned, I did move around a lot growing up. And so by the time I had you know, reached 18 years of age, I had lived already in five different countries. 
And that was beautiful in a lot of ways and wonderful and I enjoyed it. But it also led to me in high school kind of going through a dark period and, and feeling like I didn't belong. Um, and I had depression. And But that also led me to want to understand human behaviors more in, in people and what made us who we are and understanding each other and myself. And so when I went to university, I thought, all right, let me go down the psychology route. And so I studied psychology, but I also studied sociology because having been in different cultures, I knew that who you are is not just based on your psychology, but also in terms of the cultural differences. And when I graduated, I then realized that I wanted to continue traveling the world. And that's not something you can really do as a therapist. So let's just say it's much harder. So I went down the corporate route, which was the route that my dad went down, um, which I thought that'll allow me to travel around the world. I got my MBA and then I was sitting finally doing marketing, thinking that's what I wanted to do. And I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was really unhappy. And it was at that time that an opportunity came up for me to move back to Mexico and do impact investing. So impact investing, which I didn't know existed at the time, is actually investing in social startups. So startups that, yes, are businesses, but that they're trying to do good. And that's integral to their business model. It was extremely exhilarating to be, to be introduced into that world. However, at the same time, it also meant moving back to Mexico, which for me was the last time I had had depression and the place where I didn't feel I belonged. So needless to say, it happened again. And I hit my second bout of depression while I was there. And that actually became an opportunity because once you hit rock bottom and you really have you know, nowhere to go, that's really when you start looking inside and you can really truly find your own answers. At the time, I started working with a coach who also was a therapist, but she also was a coach. And it wasn't until one day I was actually with a group of people that I had somebody I knew, somebody I didn't. And there was one girl who was just telling about her life, about her boyfriend and the issues she was having there, about her job that she was looking for and how she wasn't being able to find her, you know, her ideal position. And everybody does what friends do, which is jumping in the bus of, oh, he sucks, you sweet, just break up with him. Or they were starting to say in terms of the job, you know, don't worry, you probably where you're at is the best or don't worry, you'll find something. Right. And yes, it's helpful and soothing at the times. But I was more curious around what might be happening for her. So I said, look, let's put the guy aside. Let me ask you some questions about you. And at the end, I gave her some reflections back and of what I was noticing and things I could connect the dots on. And she just turned around. She's like, wow, Carla, you've helped me more than any person I've ever spoken to. And it was in that moment in time that I had tears in the back of my eyes. And I still have it now as I mention it, because I was like, this is my purpose. This is what I'm meant to do in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the reason why it's still so emotional for me is because at the same time, if you think about it, I was still coming out of depression. But in my depression, one of the things I questioned the most is, do I matter? And mm -hmm. what's my role in this life? And knowing that actually I do and that I do have something to give was just for me, life-changing. I am so grateful for you, you know, and that vulnerable answer that you shared because obviously at the time when I was your client, I didn't know this. And then we've become friends over time. And I have to say that working with you was such a profound experience for me, not only because I was able to reflect on my life, right? But the space you were able to hold, the depth. And I truly believe that what you just shared, I like how you said that there was a lesson for me because that experience that you had was so valuable 
to how you show up as a coach and the depth that you can hold, the space, the safety, and just, you know, the way that you guided me when I was at one of my lowest points in my life. Because not only was I, I started with you in New York and then I moved to Argentina and I didn't have a plan, you know, like I was just like, I'm not going to take the next job. I'm going to figure it out. And during that time, I ripped off the Band-Aid and felt like nothing because of all of the social conditioning of like, oh, I'm not contributing, blah, 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 right? Like all of that, I was just like, oh, I'm just me. Like (laughs) I felt like a rock, right? Like because of the way I was conditioned. And I just love that answer so much because it's full circle showing that on so many levels of like people that experience bouts of depression or going through extremely difficult times in their life, it just goes to show that like, there's always a lesson there and it may not always feel like it. It may not seem like it, but you still make a difference by showing up, by trying to figure it out. And I love how you also said that when you were changing someone's life, you were also really struggling. And I think that that's such a powerful message here because so many times we think that we shouldn't be showing up or we shouldn't be shining a light on ourselves because we're struggling. And the truth is everyone is struggling. Everyone is struggling. Like pain is a part of life and some more than others at different phases, right? But it's so important to just show up, be, and and if you have an ounce of that in yourself and if you can support yourself in other ways to get through, it's so powerful. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that message. It really does hit me on like another level. And I was getting such a physical reaction (laughs) from watching you share that story. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And and I think that's one thing I've learned, you know, throughout time that, you know, just I always say, you know, it's like when something hurts in your body, it's there for a reason. Thank goodness we can feel because then, you know, I need to go to the doctor. There's something going wrong and something wrong and I need to fix it. It's the same thing emotionally. And I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Right. And so I think if anything, when you're having those low moments, it's like, all right, this means I need to pause. I need to pause and I need to check with myself and be like, what is it, right? Sometimes it could just be, I'm not eating right or working out and that's affecting my mental health. It could be as simple as that. Other times it could be, no, there's a wound here. There's something that I need to heal. And so understanding and coming to terms with those, what I call fog moments now, because it's hard to see outside of the fog, has really helped me to be like, okay, no, there's a healing here that needs to be done. And that's helped me on, on my personal journey. And I think had I not gone through that darkness of that dark period, I don't think I would have understood what is it that I truly wanted and what I really made me come alive. Because had I continued the corporate route, which, you know, I could have, I don't know if I would be here in front of you. And I can can actually tell you, I'm doing exactly what I think I'm meant to be doing in this world. Yeah, I completely agree. You definitely are (laughs) being on the other side of your work. And also, I'm such a believer in, you know, those darker moments in our life, being able to really illuminate 
what we weren't able to see. And it's not always a pleasant experience, but it also, I think, is something that unites us as humanity in such a beautiful way. And this is why it's so important to talk about mental health and to just be open because every single human struggles with it at some point in their life. And, you know, something you said about it, about your experience, about, you know, not knowing before that, that the emotions that you were experiencing, like something around that, something that came up for me was, you know, we're not taught how to connect with ourselves often enough, sometimes at all. And I think that the intangible stuff like emotions and thoughts and, you know, the physical reactions, it's not always easy to pinpoint because they're the intangible. They're almost like invisible. And that is why I think coaching is so profound. And that's something that I, I remember about starting coaching with you is it really allowed me to, for the first time in my life, think about what am I actually feeling? How And just being able to identify what that was, was so freeing and I gained so much clarity from it. And then not only staying there, but then thinking about how I, I can take accountability for that and move out of that when I'm ready. And so I just wanted to like highlight and give coaching big props because (laughs) that's, that's why I'm in this game. And that's why I love it so much. And I think that everyone honestly can benefit from a coach. (laughs) I agree on that point. I agree on that point. And one thing I just want to add to what you're saying is that in a way, you know, what I've come to see coaching is that it's kind of preemptive, right? And and in and in the health sector, everything's more about after the fact. After you're sick, this is what you do, and it's about the band-aid or the symptoms and managing that. I see coaching as you no, know, if you have that partner, you've got that coach who can really hear you out on anything you want to say, it might help prevent some low points, right? Of course, if you have some stronger, deeper issues, that's different. But in terms of the regular that everybody goes through. In terms of low points, you might be able to even prevent some of that or have tools to manage it when they do come. And that's what I love about coaching is to say you're not alone, right? And here's someone that can actually hold that space and help ask those questions about yourself of what do you want? How are you feeling? Where do you want to go? And and really building that self kind of confidence in that you can move forward towards the life that you want. And, and that's what I love the most. And specifically, you know, I didn't fully finish the story, but when I left to become a, you know, to actually fully become a coach, I was working as a social entrepreneur and I was working with social entrepreneurs. And I realized, gosh, how lonely it is sometimes to be a leader, founder, even if you're not the founder, just a leader of a startup. So you might have a board, you might have, you know, your, your staff, you might have partners, but ultimately it's hard to find a space where you can really just say anything and know that the other person has nothing. They won't be affected in any sort of way with anything you just shared. And I think that can be very helpful in preventing potentially any kind of deeper dips in the future. Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's that safety. I mean, it's basically psychological safety for yourself to be very honest and clear and come up with a roadmap on how you can navigate 
that that um, experience that might feel very messy in your head and you might be communicating with lots of other people outwardly, but you're not really able to get granular on what's driving you, which is the energy <laughs> that you have, right? And that's where the intangible comes in and why it's so powerful because we can talk about like structure, strategy, all of those things. But if you're doing all of that from a very low energy point, it just, it's so much harder. It's doable. Sure. It's so much harder or you don't even start. Like that was the case for me in some ways, right? Like I felt like I kept going from one job to the next. And I remember the last corporate job, I was like, this is it. I don't know what's coming next, but I cannot do this anymore. And I need to try and figure it out. And that desire to just want to try was enough for me to reach out to you and start complaining also to Eliza, <laughs> you know, bless you, Eliza, <laughs> for all those moments. I mean, every time I'd come through the door, I'd be like, I, I can't do this shit anymore. And she'd be like, I'm telling you about this girl, Carla, about this woman, Carla. <laughs> she was incredible at this Nexus event. And I really think she could help you. And, you know, it's like similar to what you were saying. I needed to be at a very low point to be like, you know what? This cannot go on anymore because I'm, I'm not, I'm not me. I'm not who mm -hmm. I want to be. <laughs> Well, they do say that change comes with one of two. One is pain. Mm -hmm. But pain has to be at the threshold where you're saying, okay, now I'm not willing to continue with this level of pain. And that's where change or the window of opportunity opens for change. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you always walk through it. Sometimes you don't. And then you go back to a level of pain that you can manage. But if it's manageable, well, there's no great incentive, right? And then, or it could be something that's a true gain or a true benefit that you really, really want, then you're willing to change, right? But generally, if none of those exist, then you're kind of, ah, it's okay. Yes, it's painful, but it's manageable, right? And yes. you stay out. Having said that, you can increase the pain without having to do anything, but just think about it, which is, all right, what's the cost of me staying here? What's the cost of one more year of this, two years of this? It's funny, when I ask clients this question, like, oh, no, 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 I won't be here another year. I'm like, well, how long have you been here already? <laughs> oh, yeah. well. You know? <laughs> <Ten plus. laughs> yeah, right. like, uh, so then what's the likelihood of another go year going by? Uh -huh. And then they go there and they're like, oh gosh, then this will happen, then that will happen. This. And then now you're increasing the pain or at least the future pain, you're bringing it to the present, which then increases yeah. again, that window of opportunity to change. But that's one of the reasons that prevent people. And then fear, right? Yeah. Fear of change, fear of uh, the unknown. But then it's a future pain that keeps you stuck. Yes. The future change of change. So you have to make the present change of staying where you're at greater than the pain of the fear of what could happen. Yeah, that is such a good point. And I love the way that you described it. And I think that you touched on a really good point there, because I think a lot of people get stuck in between, right, of the two pains, the pain of feeling like, oh, I really want to get out. But mm -hmm. then, then they tell themselves, I, but I don't know what I want, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to stay here because this is something I already know mm -hmm. and I can control this a little bit more. Yeah. And that is, I guess, 
a metaphor for life in general. I mean, as a coach, as an entrepreneur, that's my experience almost every day. I'm like, oh, I have never done this before. Oh, shit, this is terrifying. And there's some days where I feel braver than others. And then there are some days where I just have to nurture my nervous system and rest and take care of myself and say, it's okay. This is part of the process. And I'm not going to make myself feel bad for not being quote unquote productive because that is old. That doesn't help me. That doesn't work. And I don't think that helps anybody, but that's that's another direction that we can go. Um, but I want to stay with you here. Um, any thoughts on what I just said there? Well, in terms of that, you know, a lot of what you're describing or we're describing right now. Um, so there's a there's a theory that talks about the different stages of change, the transfer, trans theoretical model of change. And one of the stages is called contemplation. And that's the one we're describing. In the contemplation stage, the characteristic is like a seesaw. So if I tell you you know, black, you're going to tell me white. And if I tell you white, you're going to say no black, right? Because you're not ready to make a change yet. You're not ready. You're not, you haven't decided yet. So you're still going to defend whichever side the other person's taking. And you're constantly in your head going one side to the other, right? And so that's why it's like, well, what do you need to do to then get you to the preparation stage to then prepare for the change? You need probably more information or you need to really explore what each thing is. Because what you're talking about, it's not just comfortable to stay because you control it sometimes it's just comfortable to do nothing like nothing in the sense that it's easier to just stay in the status quo because you're already moving in that direction right i'm already going to this job and then coming home at five and then doing the same thing every day that's easier because i don't have to think about it i'm already automatically doing that versus stopping that and doing something different that takes effort and so it's like okay well what do you need to do to get to a point to make a decision whether that means staying but being intentionally intentional about staying or leading and being intentional about that and and ready to make those changes. Yeah, that's, can you talk more about the intentionality piece? Because I think for people that might not be as familiar with intentionality and coaching, um, I think that's a really interesting part to expand on. So when you say like when someone stays in their job and they, they think about the intentionality, it's really them thinking about you know, I'm going to stay because of X, Y, Z. Like they have a very clear idea that this is why they're staying. And do they have to be satisfied with those things in coaching? So it's hard not to think of the different theories uh, that I use (laughs) as part of my coaching. But, you know, one is called the three basic needs theory. And it says that we have three basic needs. And there's a lot of research behind this. And one of them is a sense of autonomy, which is a sense of choice. And so many people come and say, oh, I don't have a choice. I'm like, you do. You do. What, what would happen if you leave? Oh, then I can't pay my rent. Or I'm like, right. So you're choosing to stay because you're choosing to be able to pay your rent. You're choosing. But the thing is, if we don't see it that way, that's when we suffer. And so intentional is just making that shift from actually, yes, I'm, I am saying because right now, I don't have an alternative to pay my rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just feels empowering because it feels yeah. like you're choosing to, even yes. though nothing's changed. And so mm-hmm. the intentionality is that sense of choice, which you always have, but it's a reframe because we don't yeah. always see it that way. Exactly. And that's exactly why I'm so happy I came up with that question because that is the power right there. Mm-hmm. It's it's reminding yourself that you 
in fact, do have the choice and you're not as stuck as you think you are. Mm-hmm. So I have this question for you because you're talking a lot about theories and this is something that I love about you. You are the <laughs> only coach I personally know that has a master's in coaching psychology. And I'd love for you to you know, briefly talk about your experience in the program and how it served you and your clients. Because yeah, I know that it's definitely benefited a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, the reason how, why I got there, why I even studied the master's in, uh, in coaching psychology is that, you know, having had psychology undergrad, when I decided to become a coach, I realized that to become a coach, well, you don't need anything really. You could turn around and say you're a coach because it's not regulated. The whole industry is not regulated, which is why you can find such a diverse array of people calling themselves coaches. But when I realized I wanted to be more of that developmental coach, I was like, wait, there's a whole field of psychology dedicated for years and has tons of research and tools to understand human behavior and what makes us who we are in organizational psychology, which also helps us understand leadership in organizations. So I was like, how come that's not part of it? So I, you know, I did do IPEC first, which is great as a ground, right? Grounding in terms of being able to ask questions and just the basics of coaching. But then I went to do my master's, which for me was transformational. It was really tough. Why? Because a lot of it, you're playing to yourself. It's hard not to. And also I'm just addicted, as I said, as you said in my bio, I'm obsessed with my own personal development as well. But I learned so much, anywhere from positive psychology, what are the different tools and techniques and theories around human flourishing? Because I, was, I wanted to help people and coach them on their issues, but I wanted to make sure we're in, inserting things and tools that can also make sure that they're doing and benefiting their well-being, not hurting them. Um, also, peak performance theories. So what really helps people perform at their best, as well as leadership theories and different um, theories around teams and dynamics and how to create high-performing teams and systems theories, which is all the things that can influence any given coaching scenario and just behavioral, behavioral change theories, like the you know theory I just shared with you just briefly. And so just what it does is it gives me a framework where I can understand where somebody might be. And depending on the client, I'm very much, my approach is customized. I do not have a program. I do not have, as you know, I do not have step one, step two, step three. I don't know why, because I don't know where you're at. I need to first see where you're at. And also not everything works for everybody. So a lot of the basis of of coaching in general is CBT. What's that? Cognitive behavioral theory, which is working with your thoughts, working with your emotions and working with the behaviors that come from that, which is great. And it's very powerful when you're able to reframe. But for some people, it doesn't work, for example. And so there's another uh, theory, which is more the the MAC approach, which is the mindfulness acceptance commitment theory approach, which is more about don't try to change your thoughts, just notice when they come and accept them. And I love that I can have and leverage those different tools because I'll present them to my clients and be like, hey, there's this. You want to try this out? Let's see if it works. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. It works. Great. Or no, actually, this is not working for me. Or they might not say it, but I'm noticing that they're feeling not great about that approach. And I'm able to change that because for me, not everything has worked. And also maybe it's just a timing issue. Maybe it can work, but it's not the right time for that. And I think that having the model such as the one about change, gosh, that's been so helpful in so many different ways. Because many times as a coach, you're working with someone, they hired you because they want to change. But guess what? They might still be in contemplation stage. They're not ready to make a decision. And so if you push them to make a decision, it's going to increase their anxiety because they're not there yet. So even just having those frameworks, right? Or understanding how behavioral change works. It helps me also be able to have more compassion but also share them with, with the clients. And sometimes they're like, oh, that's where I'm at. Oh, that's where that's what's happening with me. It just helps generate a bit more of an understanding. 
So I just feel like I have just more tools in my toolkit that I can use, not from a place of expertise, but more from, hey, do you want to play with this? What does that mean? What, how does that look like for you? Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I want to scream from happiness right now and excitement based on that answer. Because one, I love that you describe not from an expertise or to be like, oh, I did this program, like I'm a better coach, this and that. It's more of being able to serve your clients and have more tools in your toolkit. And at the same time, being extremely grounded and understanding that just because you use all of that or have experience with those tools doesn't mean you're always going to be using that, talking about it, et cetera. Because like you said, every single person is different. And I really love that you talked about other theories other than CBT, because that is the most common one. And it's, you know, I know that it's helped me, but there's also been times working with you where you were like, yeah, this, this isn't working for you. And you tried something else (laughs) and that worked. And it's been so incredible to one, have worked with a coach and now be a coach and see that, which is something I recommend obviously for any coach or person that's looking to do coaching. I think you should definitely have a coach. And second, it really depends on the person and how this is always customized. It's always customized. And I love that you said, it's not a program. I have said similar things where I'm like, it's not a program. It's a process. And we're figuring Mm -hmm. it out together because it's a relationship, right? And it's like, you're still getting to know your client with every session, because sometimes the tool has worked on them in the past and maybe on other experiences, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So love that. My other question is what has been a main interest for you recently? This could be coaching or non-coaching related. I have two things. <laughs> you know, one of the things, given that my main focus is, I mean, I coach different people, but one of my main focus areas is working with social impact leaders and founders, is definitely going deeper into just burnout, and especially in the impact space, because any entrepreneur obviously has the pressure of their business and their baby. But I find that there's an additional kind of pressure when you're trying to change the world. And the way you see it is, if I don't do this, people might X, Y, right? Die or people won't be able to get better. And that's on me. It just adds this whole nother level. So that's one area that I've really been going down and, and deeper into and understanding and how to best serve my clients when they're going through that. And then the other one, which I think just across the board, and that's a personal one, but I think it shows up everywhere in my life, whether that's with clients or, or just in my relationships is trauma. So with my own experience and having gone through, you know, let's just say certain events. So trauma is not an event. Trauma is a reaction to an event. And I've had several events in my life, but one which I had almost two years ago that triggered me a traumatic reaction. And when I talk about trauma, there's a big T's and little T's. In what sense? There's big events. You're like, oh, wow, it makes sense that that would be traumatic for someone. And then there's little T's, which somebody normal would look at it and say, that doesn't make sense. Why was that traumatic? (laughs) And these are the little T's for me. And I feel like they show up everywhere with people. And that's why I love triggers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I've come to love triggers, I should say. (laughs) Um, And triggers, all it is, is that you're showing a strong emotion that what's called for in that moment. And really when that happens, 
some people say that that is actually coming from a place of a trauma, a little T trauma or maybe a big tree trauma. And so I've just really gone down the route of being able to heal even deeper my own wounds so that I can be a better coach, but also understanding when, you know, being trauma informed when I work with clients. And that's something that I, I did just get, you know, a course in that. And it's, I just feel like there's never ending in terms of being able to learn how to watch out for science because you don't want to push someone into an area where there potentially might be something deeper, right? It's like, well, you should just feel better about this or you should just not get angry about this. And it's like, oh no, it might be because there's some sort of trauma effects from, from something else. So mm-hmm. I just feel very passionate because I feel like when we're able to, yes, design the life that we want, but if we're able to uncover kind of the, the shadow aspect of things as well at the same time and able to heal it, it just really elevates you and, and makes you really reach your potential. So that's just an area that for me personally, I've really gone into. Yeah. I think that it's so important that honestly, all coaches are trauma informed and learning about it because it's like you said, there's always something coming up that like you've mentioned, like not everyone has big T trauma, but we all have little T trauma <laughs> And um, it's really nice to just understand the depth and the safety precautions that you can take for clients, for yourself, right, for the relationship, and be able to guide them in the next stage with careful support, right? Because um, to some people, your small T trauma can be nothing, but we all have a different way of reacting to different experiences, which again is why coaching is so amazing because the more you understand that, the more it becomes apparent that we're all so connected and we all have this underlying um, deep way of processing the world and it can look very different. But the more we know about ourselves and about, you know, the different ways in which, and of course, there's always new ways that are coming up in science, we can kind of have, I think, more compassion and empathy for each other Mm -hmm. and start looking at solutions and what connects us versus what separates us. And now that I'm saying this, I think this is a good place to mention This is one of the biggest reasons why when I was studying international relations, uh, you know, you how you mentioned that you were into sociology and psychology. In my undergrad, I was studying psychology, sociology, anthropology, and eventually I did a lot of international relation courses and I I ended up with poli-sci, then did an MA in international relations. And I remember just still being like so excited about the topic, but I would, because again, it's like, you want to understand the systems, the structures, like from the bigger um, picture. But I remember being like the impact and the day to day is not here for me. Like, I don't see a role for myself in this way. You know, I thought about being a humanitarian aid um, person (laughs) and I didn't feel like that was cut out for me because I thought I'm not going to be able to deal with the repercussions of, you know, the mental health that struggles that come with that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that 
going back to like how everything is not linear, but then going back, you're like, wow, this makes so much sense. I used to think I have so many interests. I don't know what I want to do. But this whole time I look back and I'm like, here was this big damn thread right in my face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just like was looking outside of it for so long until now I'm here. And I'm like, wow, all of that experience is what makes me such a great coach and is what makes me more of an empath or someone that can think outside of the box because I've had other experiences living in other countries I love it because we're almost very similar. Nine countries, same for me. I share that story for anyone that's listening and thinking, maybe you're in a place right now where you're like, all of this experience, I feel like it's random. I feel like I don't know what I want to do. Just know that you do. And just know that maybe you don't have that answer and maybe it's not so clear for you right now, but it all will make sense. You just have to trust yourself and Don't be afraid to ask for support and talk about it more. Because honestly, the more I complained, let yourself complain a little bit. You you never know what could happen with that, (laughs) similar to my experience. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's why part of, especially when you do more of a life coaching, right? It's about reconnecting with what is it that you notice you liked? And I don't know. You know, I remember with you, there was one question that I asked you, which is, what did you like to do when you were a kid, when you were younger? And you're like, Huh, I haven't thought about that. And that's always the question that surprises people. And when they connect with that, they're like, actually, that's what I really like to do, you know? That question brings me so much joy every time because it's still so much fun to think back and try and continue remembering what those other things were. I think like at one point when you get to high school or college or once you start working, you just keep thinking about the future And I think that's why that question is so powerful is like, oh my gosh, let me think about my past in a positive way and think about what actually brought me joy. Yeah, it's such a good question. I'm actually curious, right? Because you talk about how I saw your growth and for sure, I know where you started in your dreams and now seeing you make it come alive. But I guess I'm curious to hear your perspective because you've seen me grow. I don't know if you remember, Britt, you were actually my first paid client. And when we started working together, it was actually when I was still doing my first coaching program and I hadn't started my master's. I didn't have all those tools and theories and things. Um, And then we continued, I think, coaching still a couple of years. So you saw that. And then obviously working together and medley as coaches together. And so, yeah, just curious to see your perspective on my growth. That is such a good question, Carla, because I think that that's one of the most rewarding experiences of continuing to stay in touch with you because obviously at the time I didn't know right that I was your first paid client and all of that but later when you shared that with me and just like looking back I think that you have always been someone that is continuing to challenge me in the best way, like even energetically, even when we're not talking all the time, because I watch what you do and all the experiences that you've had. And part of the reason why I'm in Medley is because you referred me and I'm so grateful for that because it's been an expansive experience. And so watching you grow has been amazing because 
you did that with me. And then I've watched you work with MIT. I've watched you work with Medley. I've watched you work with corporate executive clients. Um, I've watched you be booked out with, you know, both one-on-one coaching and group coaching at the same time. So for me, you've always just been this huge positive expander in my life. And I feel like, you know, after coaching, you sort of became more of a mentor and then eventually, you know, a friend. So, I mean, your growth has blew me out of the water. And I think that I'm very grateful to be able to witness it and also talk to you about it. You know, I think that that's been such a win-win in not only having this amazing connection with you, but watching and knowing what's possible for me. For sure. And I think the only thing I'll add to that is, you know, I always wanted to be open and honest with you. And I think the moments that were, I think, important is for you to see that I also question myself and I also get nervous and I also go through those things. And yes, it might be other things that now give me the, that those emotions. But I think, you know, knowing that that was, that was normal, right? And I want to add to that. I always loved that about you because I felt like because you were so transparent and like human, you know, you were really, I think, modeling what a coach should be, where it's not someone that is, you know, above you or anything. And of course, there's a natural power dynamic when you are the client and all of that. But I think you always did a great job at being able to level that out for the most part, right? And I say this because I remember after I started having my first paid clients and I had a similar experience with a client that I connected with so well and we then had a very similar relationship pattern that me and you had and it's been so nice to give back to that client and connect with that client in a similar way and I always think about it and I'm like this is the beauty like I get to it's like passing the baton you know and you're just sharing that and I think that it's so cool because that client reminds me of my relationship with you. And so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Well, Carla, I am curious, how can people get in touch with you? And another side question to that, are you currently looking for new clients? Because I know you are super busy. Um, I'm always open to, to new clients and meeting new people, but yes, it's a very, very busy period for me, which is one of the things I do is I work with accelerator programs for, um, social impact leaders, which is very, I'm very grateful for it, but also very busy. Also 50% of my clients are outside of the U S so I do late hours and early mornings, but always happy to meet new people. And the best way for people to find me is through LinkedIn. So Carla Garcia Terrell. Usually should pop up pretty easily. It's a long last name given that I'm Mexican. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, well, Carla, this has been honestly a full circle dream for me today. And I'm sure that it's resonating with you pretty deeply as well, because you firsthand witnessed the tribulations, wins, and everything in between. And you know, you were one of like the first people that knew 
about this podcast or just me having a show, being able to share stories, being able to be creative, being able to be a coach in my own way. So I, when I say thank you, I mean it in so many different layers, <laughs> but it has been so good to have you on the show today. And I'm so excited to visit you in California continue seeing all the amazing things that you do and yeah, staying in touch. Thank you so much, Caroline. And thank you so much for this. I don't know. It's just big experience of having it come full circle from that one day. We're like, I think what I want to do is share stories, but that seems impossible. And then now (laughs) to like fully fledged podcast and thriving. And so for me, having been there in the beginning of the journey, such, such a treat. So thank you so much. Oh, well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you again and ciao. Bye.